0: That, my friends, is the sound of another sale on Shopify. And let me tell you, when I first started podcasting, I was not thinking about an online store at all. I was just excited that I had figured out how to basically create an audio file and get it out into the universe. I wasn't thinking about the possibilities or what things would look like years on down the road. And now that I'm selling books and decks and meditation scripts, I have found that not only is an online store so important, but it is so easy now that I've discovered Shopify. And Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, whether you're just starting out or maybe you just hit your millionth sale. Shopify has amazing support to help you along the way and it helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. And it's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all store. And like, honestly, the one thing I wish I would have done differently with my online store is just started it sooner. And Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And the reason is, is because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. So you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com mindful now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com mindful. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. And today it is going to be like a extra freeform freeform. Um, I don't have any real like specific teaching here. I didn't write down notes. I actually had something else planned for today. And I just in my heart i felt pulled to share something different so that's what we're doing just sitting here in my little recording closet and i just want to have a little chat with you so we can just see where this goes and you know that i always just want to just be real with all of you and share what's going on in my life and also help to give you the tools that you need to find joy and peace and whatever it is that you're looking for in life right now. So I wanted to talk a little bit about exhaustion, burnout, overwhelm, and how to kind of hit the pause button on a spiral before we get into like the deep, dark depths of spiraling. So I think I will probably end up calling this episode something like, are you okay? Or something like that because I really wanted to, I guess, check in. So I'll give you a little bit of context here. I have really been feeling just a little bit off lately. I've been feeling tired and overwhelmed. And like I'm starting to tiptoe a little bit into burnout. Now, if you've listened to the Burnout and Boundaries episode that is I think a couple years back now Uh, I shared my personal experience with burnout and the impact that it had on my body and my mind and my heart and I never want to experience that again in my life and I would never wish that on anyone to have like complete full-blown in-your-face just like crushing burnout I would never wish that on anyone it was horrific And it stuck with me for a really long time. So when I find myself in times like these where I am realizing that I'm probably doing a little bit too much or that I'm tiptoeing towards burnout, I want to hit the pause button as soon as I can and try to just course correct so that I don't find myself in a place of burnout. And that's what I really wanted to explore today because my hope is with sharing how I've been feeling or what burnout looks like or how I find myself in these situations, my hope is that if you are listening to this and you've been experiencing this too, that maybe one, you will feel like you're not alone because you definitely are not alone. I know that this is a beautiful community of wonderfully high achieving you know, ambitious, and I don't think ambitious is a bad word. I think that that is a compliment. Um, so if you're like, ooh, ambitious, I don't want to be called ambitious. I think that is a compliment. But I know that we are a group of people who want to live a full life and an authentic life and that we are looking to grow and to change and to evolve and to be the best versions of ourself. But sometimes when we're doing that and we're looking to change and to evolve and to be that quote best version of ourselves, sometimes we end up doing too much and we actually can end up contributing to our health or our mental health or our, you know, emotional health, our relationships in a negative way, even if we're trying to pursue something that is good and positive, right? Anytime that we tip out of balance, we're out of balance, even if we're trying to, you know, do all of the things to better ourselves. So the reason that I found myself really thinking about this, contemplating this idea of burnout, of, you know, Am I doing too much or just feeling run down is because I have taken on a lot. And I don't think that the issue here is that I personally have taken on too much. There's a lot of really wonderful, beautiful, exciting things happening that you all know about, but also some behind the scenes, too, that I'm not able to share yet, but I will um, in the future that I can't wait to share with all of you. And of course, you know, there's like pop-up trainings are back. And at the end of this month, I'll be in Ireland leading a retreat and doing all of these things that I love and that make me so happy and that are so fulfilling to me. And that, that is still true. Those things are still amazing things that I love. And I feel so grateful every single day to get to wake up And do those things. For me personally, where I sometimes find myself tiptoeing into, I guess, a little bit of murky waters is that I find in myself that sometimes I am, you know, ambitious. I'm a go-getter. I love serving my students. I love helping people and putting on events And doing all the things, and I get these ideas, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be a great idea. And then this would be a great idea. And oh, I really want to do this. And I can't wait to do this thing. And, you know, I start saying yes to a lot of things and also doing a lot of things because I genuinely enjoy them. And I am so excited to do these things. And what I've been trying to do, what I've been trying to focus on, not just recently, but I would say for the past like few years so ever since I really fully experienced burnout and I wanted to make sure that that is something that I never um, have to experience again or that I never find myself all the way and like in the thick of burnout is I try to be more honest with myself about how I'm actually doing and so what that looks like for me is I try to not only make note of tendencies that I have or things that I do or thoughts that I'm having or feelings, emotions that I'm experiencing when I start to get out of balance or I start doing too much. I make note of that and I try to be an observer of the thoughts that I'm having and what I'm experiencing. That is one of my favorite parts about meditation is that we're trying to be an observer of what's happening. We're not trying to cast judgment. We're not trying to always solve a problem or do something about it. We're trying to be an observer of what's happening within us. So what we're feeling, what we're experiencing, how our body's feeling, all of those things. We're trying to be an observer. And I do try to do this in my own meditation practice. I firmly believe that this is probably one of the number one ways to, you know, stop a spiral or to course correct before you find yourself all the way to burnout. If you can remain aware objectively aware as best as you can about what's happening within you and in your mind that you can start to notice when these things are creeping in or, you know, you're hearing these little whispers or getting these nudges that maybe things are getting a little bit out of balance. So you can start doing something about it to then find some more balance instead of, you know, all of a sudden one day you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I get here? Like, how did I get to this point? So that's something that I've been trying to do just over the last few years as I try to live and be present and take care of myself and also, you know, really embody and live my meditation practice. That looks like trying to be honest with how I'm doing and do my best to be an objective observer of what's happening underneath the surface. Now, the objective part, I think, is one of, well, I know that's one of the hardest parts, at least for me. It's very hard at times for me to observe what's happening and how I'm feeling and to not cast judgment on that. I am someone where I very much, I put a lot of my value and my self-worth on my productivity and my ability to create and produce and to do. I've just always been like that. I am a doer. I like doing things. I like finishing things and completing things and taking on new projects and these things can make me really happy and they do make me really happy but when I start doing too much or I start trying to take on too much in different parts of my life at the same time that's where it then starts to overflow and it becomes very hard for me to not look at what I'm doing and cast judgment on it to not say Oh, you're not getting, you know, you're feeling tired when you should be, you know, doing this. That's something that is one of my biggest like ding, 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 red flags is when I start using should a lot. Like, you know, I'm so tired. I just want to read a book and go to bed, but I should be doing this or I should be responding to this email or I should have done this. And, you know, I should be doing this instead. Kind of doing this like almost mental gymnastics or push-pull of never allowing myself to really slow down and hit pause because in my mind, I associate being, you know, quote, resting as like being unproductive and that that's somehow bad. I don't always feel that way, but that's definitely something that I find I just struggle with as... A person and I think that that's okay I think we all have these things where we just struggle with them and it's hard for me it is hard for me sometimes and this is honestly a big part of why I brought meditation in my life to begin with is because I recognized in myself like I never just allow myself to be and I have such a tendency to really at times lean into the in yoga, we call it, like, Ida and Pingala, so, like, the sun and the moon energies or these opposing energies of, like, you know, hot and cold or, like, masculine and feminine or, you know, energizing and, you know, cooling and relaxing. I have such a tendency to really lean into the Pingala energy, which is, you know, that really kind of fiery, like, do energize, like, time of the sun Um fiery like go 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 i have a tendency to naturally be more like that so i have to consciously make sure that i'm bringing balance to that fiery part of me by incorporating some of these softer you know cooling more like moon type energy practices like meditation restorative yoga like slowing down, maybe journaling or reading and not always having to, you know, do and be and go a million miles a minute. And one of the best ways that I do that is through meditation. So it's actually one of the main reasons why I fell in love with meditation in the first place. It's also one of the main reasons why I did not like meditation to begin with is because it was so different than what I was used to. And it's almost like if you've ever tried to like reduce the amount of sugar that you're eating or reduce the amount of like caffeine that you're drinking or trying to reduce something that you know isn't very good for you or that you're doing too much of like it's uncomfortable and when you start you know maybe reducing some sugar and then you get some headaches same with like caffeine or if you always grab your phone first thing in the morning and start like scrolling and then you start feeling bad about yourself and you stop doing that like making these changes is uncomfortable So when I first started practicing meditation, it was really uncomfortable because I was finally doing something to kind of balance out this energy in me. And I, you know, they say quiet the mind and the soul shall speak, but it's really quiet the mind, at least in my experience, it's quiet the mind and everything just starts screaming at you. Because when I started practicing meditation, it's like, my mind was saying all this stuff and I was like, oh my gosh, my body's tired. And I was almost like flooded with all of these things that I had been ignoring or not able to hear because I was constantly doing more and filling up my schedule and doing all of these things and trying to juggle a bajillion things at once. And then once I just hit the pause button, then it was like, you know, I, I felt so tired and drained and I could feel my body aching and my mind was just like fuzzy and there's just so much going on. So what I try to do now is I try to be aware of these things when they're happening before I get to total like burnout or, you know, a spiral or whatever it is. So I've been recognizing in myself a few of these little like red flags, you know, ding, 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 pay attention, Kelly. You're doing a lot. For me, that looks like um, being really tired, being irritable, having a hard time. Focusing is a big one for me. And then probably like the biggest is just trying to do more. It's almost like if I do more and I like achieve more and I produce more and I just do more that somehow that will make me feel better, even though it never does. And that's one of those things that I just kind of wanted to, like, openly say in case anyone is listening and they're like, oh, my gosh, like, I, you know, I do that too. And that does not make you a bad person. doesn't make me a bad person for doing these things. It just makes me a human, right, an imperfect, flawed human. That doesn't make me bad. It just means that I have a tendency to really lean into wanting to do a lot And thinking that the more that I do, or the more that I achieve, or the more that I produce, is somehow going to make me happier. When in essence, what I need to do to truly be happy is to hit the pause button and stop spinning on that hamster wheel. And that's where I've been finding myself a little bit of a spin on the hamster wheel, and it shows up in you know my business and in my work. But it also really shows up in like my personal life too and in my relationships of trying to overschedule myself or trying to do, you know, all these different things with Pork Chop to try to, you know, enrich him and help him learn and do all of this. And then really, you know, wanting to, you know, move my body and take care of myself through movement. But then maybe that means I'm getting up really early to work out and maybe I'm not honoring the fact that I just need some more sleep. And so it shows up not just in, you know, like in this podcast or in the work that I'm doing, but in all these different areas of my life. And I think that it's important to look at where are we kind of contributing to these feelings or if you are fine that you're kind of tiptoeing on burnout or you're kind of getting towards a little spiral or you're just you can feel that you're just worn down, I think immediately our minds go to like work, but I encourage you to look at all the different parts of your life and the different roles that you're playing and like which ones are really contributing to these feelings of being worn down. I personally right now am, you know, doing the triple whammy to myself in which I am allowing kind of those three big parts of my life to all be contributing to feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a little too much and tiptoeing towards burnout you might be like, Kelly, why are you telling me all this? Um, This is not just my personal therapy session, I promise. Something that I have been working on that I wanted to share is not just, you know, being aware of what's happening and trying to stop these things before they get too far. But I've also been working on contentment and this idea of contentment has been showing up a lot for me and in my life it came up just the other day i was doing a live event um, with ashley sondergaard of the yoga magic podcast we did like a live podcasting event and this idea of contentment actually came up when we were talking to someone who was going through this really powerful spiritual awakening and wanting to do all of the things but this individual wasn't feeling particularly grounded And, you know, I had made the comment, well, maybe it's time to just practice some contentment and to not, you know, let your spiritual awakening or let your evolution as a person or, you know, connecting these dots and having this growth, we cannot always be in a period of growth all of the time, every single minute of the day, we can't do it. You know, plants don't do it. Um, Human beings like children don't do it. We have growth spurts and then we have to have these moments of pause and rest to kind of recalibrate and then to prepare for the next growth spurt. And I think where we can get into a little bit of trouble is if we're always looking for the next thing or, you know, this is great, but what's the next thing that I'm going to do? Or what am I going to do after this? Or I'm looking at, you know, A, B, and C But what about what's after that? What am I going to do for that? And for many of us, I think that when we consider being the best versions of ourselves, that sometimes we can get stuck in this wheel of wanting to improve and grow and evolve. But then that in and of itself almost becomes this unhealthy spiral where we are so focused on being the best versions of ourselves that we may not be taking the best care of ourselves or not being that best version of ourselves because we can't show up because we've been run ragged because we're trying to do all of the things. And I just like to highlight that and to bring that forward. And for me, the antidote to those feelings is practicing contentment. Now, contentment is one of the niyamas in yoga. there's the yamas and the niyamas. The yamas is kind of how we show up and, you know, interact with the world. And the niyamas is kind of how we show up and interact, like, with our ourselves um, and how, in a way that we can embody and live our yoga. And contentment is the second one. And contentment is very hard. <laughs> contentment is tricky. It is acceptance. But farther than that, contentment is this idea of just finding some ease and happiness where we're at right now and just being okay and going beyond being okay, but finding just that ease and that happiness with where we're at right now. Ultimately, yes, we would be working towards finding contentment in all areas of our life. Um, I am not there Yet, if you are there, if you are living in a space of total contentment in every single area of your life, I want to hear from you because I want to learn from you. That is incredible. For me, I find that sometimes baby steps and starting with one thing and, you know, one or two things are starting small and kind of building and strengthening my contentment muscle, that makes it easier to then apply it to other places and to get better at this idea of practicing contentment. Now that it is starting to warm up outside, I feel like these warmer, sunnier days, they're just like calling to me. I want to be outside. I want to be busy. I want to be doing things. And I am so glad that when I'm feeling that energy and I want to go and do that, I have factor right there in my fridge so that I don't have to worry about tons of prep for food, big, messy meals. I don't have to think about like, oh, what am I going to? feed myself this week. It's all done for me with factor. And thanks to Factors fresh, never frozen meals that are dietitian approved, they're just ready to eat in two minutes. So no matter how busy I get, no matter what the kids have going on, no matter what is on the calendar this spring and summer, I have nutritious, great tasting meals ready to go. And with over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. I've been loving those add-ons personally. Like you have everything from breakfast to dessert and you can stay fueled with these easy nutritious options. You all know my husband likes to take them into the hospital. I like them for those busy days where I'm on the go with the kids and I can treat myself to these restaurant quality meals in just two minutes. And we're talking really great ingredients here like blackened salmon, yes please, and all of that without shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 and use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash in minutes 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, so diving right in where we left off at contentment. So contentment, like I said, it's finding this ease. It's finding happiness where you're at. For me personally, I find one of the best antidotes to burnout is practicing contentment because it forces me to not always be looking at what's next or what's the next thing or what is the next hurdle or what am I going to do next? And when I'm living in the future and thinking ahead, which isn't always necessarily a bad thing, but when we really, our thoughts get out of balance and we're constantly thinking forward and, you know, into the future, what's next, 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 that can really lead to just a little bit of tricky situation for me. It causes anxiety. I find when I'm doing this that I wake up in the middle of the night worried about things. Um, And it also just, I find that I want to... And control things a little bit more. Like I I just, you know, it's almost like I'm trying to find some order in my life by trying to control things, like do more and like get more organized. And it just, you know, leads to imbalance. So when I practice contentment, it forces me to look at what's happening in my life right now and to look and be like, what am I doing right now that I used to only dream of? Or what am I doing? What do I have in my life right now? That's great. Or that's good or is good enough? Like, what is good in my life? And for me, especially thinking about it in the context of, like, what am I now living that's a part of my everyday life that, like, I used to only dream of? There's so many things in my life right now. The fact that, you know, I mean, this podcast is one of them. The fact that, you know, four and a half years later, I still – get the opportunity to sit down and to talk about what I love and to have this podcast and share it with so many of you. Like I used to only dream of that and now I'm living it. And so why am I always thinking ahead? And I know I'm always thinking ahead on this podcast because I just want to, you know, give you guys things that you love and that are useful to you and informative and to help you give you tools for your meditation and your personal journey. But what i'm doing right now i used to only dream of and now i'm living it and it's a part of my everyday life and that's so beautiful to me and that's so special and when i stop and i think about it and i'm like wait a minute i used to only dream of this and now it's just a part of my everyday life like that's incredible or i used to you know i used to dream of being a mom and now i am one and that's great. And I, I mean, it's more than great. It's, you know, incredible, but it's also exhausting and it's all of the things. And when I look at like what is currently good in life and what is, and I don't say good enough to be like, oh, I don't know, I guess it's good enough. If we're constantly looking for perfection or we're constantly looking to level up or to evolve and to grow and to do better, it will never be good enough ever because of course there is always somewhere where you could do more and be more or have more but what does more really mean to you this is something that I've really been contemplating like what would more actually do for me in some places you know more is essential and it would be so good and you know nurturing and growth in the good space but for more it's almost like in some places I want more because I just don't want to practice contentment with what I already have. And the reason that I bring this up is going all the way back to the beginning of the episode of trying to be an objective observer of what's happening in your life, I think is one of the most important tools when you're practicing contentment. Because when you do this, you have to almost step back and objectively look at your life and be like, wait a minute, This is really great, or this is, you know, good enough. Or this is happening. I used to only dream of this. And we have to take that judgment piece, that critical piece, that, yeah, okay, it's great that you know you're doing this or you've achieved this milestone. But then what about that milestone? Or like that will be even better. You'll be happier if you have this, or you know, this is a great place to start, but you're going to get there. And that kind of inner critic or that part of you that is always kind of nudging or saying more, 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 it doesn't serve us well very often. And so when we can objectively look often, things are a lot better than we think, or things are a lot more abundant than we think, or things are more fulfilling than we think, or on the flip side, things are not going that well. And that's okay too. When you are an objective observer of what's happening around you, yes, sometimes that means welcoming in and seeing the beauty and the abundance. And practicing contentment with what you have in the present. But that also sometimes means looking at where we're imbalanced and where we need to maybe dig a little bit deeper or hit the pause button or course correct. If we can't look at what we're doing and how we're feeling and the thoughts that we're having objectively, we can never do anything about it. So that's where I've been finding myself. In the mornings when I've been meditating, I've really been trying to ask myself and check in, like, how am I doing? Like, how am I really doing? I've also been trying to do more like thought audits is what I call them. You may be familiar with the practice of like noting where you note the different thoughts that you're having. And I've just been trying to be more aware of the way that I'm speaking to myself, the thoughts that I'm having. And in particular, where I'm allowing some negativity to creep in where it's not necessary, where I may already be assuming a negative outcome to something where I don't necessarily know that that's the truth. Or I find myself being hard on myself because I'm like, oh, well, sure, you did, you know, these four things but like, oh, but you didn't get your movement in today or, oh, you, you know, your are a meditation teacher and you skipped your meditation practice today, right? And finding like that one little thing that I didn't do and giving myself a hard time about that. And the reason that I share all of this is because I really do not only, of course, want to be honest with all of you. But if you're listening and you find that you've been experiencing this too or you find that you've been feeling off or that you're feeling burnt out or you're just worn down, like for me, I wouldn't even say that I'm like burnt out. I'm just finding myself just feeling kind of run down. So it's forced me to kind of look objectively and be like, okay, like what's causing this? And then once I have a little more information and I'm recognizing, okay, it's, you know, these things that are contributing to it, then I can start working towards improving that. So if you find that you are having a hard time or you're just feeling emotionally drained or you're feeling worn out or burnt out, try if you can to hit the pause button, maybe in your meditation practice, try to just look objectively. How am I actually feeling? What's going on? What am I thinking about, you know, from moment to moment, not just when I'm, you know, actively working on something or when I'm meditating or I'm trying to, you know, think about something specific, but, like, just when I'm driving in my car or when I'm in the grocery store, like, what are my thoughts like? Are they kind? Are they positive? Are they critical? Are they not so kind? Are they, you know, getting into like that mean girl territory? Like what thoughts am I having in my mind? How is my body doing right now? Is my body sending me some signals that saying, you know, listen up, something's a little bit out of whack? And what about emotions? Do you find that you're kind of on this, you know, up or down emotional roller coaster or that you just don't have the capacity to really feel much right now, like you're emotionally worn down, like what's happening there And what will happen is not only when you look at this, I keep saying the word objectively, but that's really the best way that I have to describe it, when you're looking at it almost as if you're looking at someone else's life or someone else's mind. Like I imagine if a lot of you were in my mind when I was driving, then you'd be like, oh my gosh, like that's not a very nice thing to think about yourself. Or like, why are you thinking about this thing? Like you just did this thing, like isn't like just be happy and celebrate like that this just happened. You don't have to then immediately dive into this thing to try to do more. And it's so much easier to do this for other people. It'd be so much easier for any one of you to come and, you know, do an audit of my thoughts and to kind of give me this report of like what's happening in my mind or vice versa for me to do that to you than for us to do it for ourselves. But it's important. And the reason that one of the main reasons we do these introverting practices, we turn inward and we practice meditation is that we can do this work and we can look and observe at what's happening around us and in us and through us and then do something about it and to make adjustments in our life and to make changes and to maybe grow or stop our growth and pause so that we can regenerate and reset but if we don't have the information and the data that we get from checking in with how we're doing and being an observer we can never do anything about it and that truly is for me has been you know i I don't, I can't even remember exactly what year that was. I believe that would have been, I think, 2017, where I really experienced that for now. 2017, yes, because it would have been actually right before I started this uh, podcast, and which was like five years ago, which it just feels like yesterday. So I don't know where the last five years went, but when you get that information, and when you are able to look at what's happening within you, take that information, treat it like data. You'll start to notice these patterns. And you'll start to notice little patterns like, okay, when I start to overextend myself or I start pushing myself too much or I am creeping towards burnout, I start to feel this way, this way, and this way. I start to have thoughts about this. I start to you know, want to... Do this particular thing all the time, or I find that I have no motivation. Like, look at it like data. So then, when you start to see these things popping up in yourself, you can be like, oh, okay, I know what's happening here. I am having this extreme fatigue and lack of motivation because I am just overextending myself. I am not taking time to pause and to rest, and so I need to course correct now. And I personally have found that kind of taking this like data approach to looking at what's happening within me to be one of the best ways to hit the pause button, to avoid total burnout, and to be able to course correct before I'm in like a full-blown like spiral crisis space, which I definitely have been in before. I never want to be in that ever again. And that is the best tool that I have and that I've learned to use in these times. So that is my very uh, free for me organic freeform episode, because I just wanted to, I don't know, just pull the curtain back a little bit, talk about what's going on, let you know that you are not alone to give you permission to hit the pause button. And to know that even sometimes when we're doing these things that ultimately are good things and our progress and our growth, you do not have to do it all of the time. So I challenge you to just ask yourself, like, am I okay? Like, am I okay? Is like, what's happening? And hopefully the answer is, yeah, I am okay. And things are good and we can practice contentment. But maybe the answer is, you know, I'm kind of not okay. And then you can dig a little bit deeper, try your best to look at it objectively to take in this information. And then you can start doing some things towards moving back towards balance. And just remember to be kind to yourself, be gentle to yourself, and as best you can, be loving to yourself And that, I think, is it. That's all that I have to share with you on this. Something that I thought just might be kind of fun to do at the end of these Freeform episodes is, one, to answer a question from all of you, and two, to share something small that's currently bringing me some joy in my life. So... The thing that is currently bringing me some joy in my life uh, is baby yoga. So I go to, there's just a local yoga studio. They do like a mommy and me class. And just going and sharing something that I love with Porkchop and like being silly and watching him laugh and like looking at yoga just a little bit differently. It's really just bringing me a lot of joy. We've been going like once or twice a week. And it's just this simple, fun little thing. And it's just been making me really happy. So that's one little thing that has been just bringing me some joy lately. And then a question from all of you. So if you want to submit a question, you can either send me a DM on Instagram or you can send me an email, info at yoga youonline.com. And I have a question here from a listener. So Liz was wondering how do I decide what locations I want to do my retreats? So this is a great question. And honestly, what I do is I ask all of you and then I just give you what you want. Now there's a little bit of a caveat to that because Because, you know, if everyone was like, oh, I want to go this place and I, you know, didn't feel very connected to that place or didn't feel like that was a very good place to lead a retreat, then I would, you know, kind of I guess do an override there. But for the most part, like I'll do a survey like once or twice a year where I ask and I'll put the all the places that I'm considering and I'll just ask everyone. And everyone that fills it out uh, gets put on like the retreat wait list. They get to join, you know, the first ones to get to join the retreats. But honestly I just ask all of you guys where you want to go. And I try to trust my intuition. And if there's a place I'm feeling called to, I put that kind of closer to the top of the list. If it just there's just a poll there to go lead a retreat there, I'll do that. Otherwise, I just ask all of you, and then I give you what you want. And that kind of, it works for all of us, and it makes us all happy. And sometimes you guys have some wonderful ideas for retreats, and I absolutely love it. So there you go. That is the answer to that question. I hope that wherever you are that you are doing well, that you are okay, and that you can find a little bit of space today to look at yourself objectively and to care for yourself and be gentle with yourself and know that it is okay to not be okay. And that is it. Thanks so much for listening.